let's pause and pray. And then I'm going to talk about um, a strange and wonderful story from the Bible. It's, it's very strange and very wonderful. And it, I think it'll, it'll lead us to, uh, to our Christmas celebration time. So, Lord, we are so thankful that we get to celebrate this season. And I pray that at whatever points our hearts are uh, either stuck because it's just a, just a succession of, of celebrations and we just get callous to uh, the, the things that, that we do over and over and over again, that you would make it fresh in our hearts, uh, that what it means to worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And we would be like these that we see in the Christmas stories, that we would be uh, available for you to do something miraculous and wonderful in our lives uh, beyond what we could ask or imagine. We thank you that you're the kind of God that does that by sending babies to earth to save us from our sins. We love you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Okay. So wild and wacky, I told you that the story today would be wild and wacky, um, but it's found in Matthew chapter 2. It's familiar to us, but it's not familiar because we really don't know what's going on. It's the story of the Magi who come seeking after Jesus. They're, they've come from, from Iran, Babylon, the Chaldeans. They've come from the east, not China, but closer from the east. And they, and somewhere along the line, they were, they, they, they found out, they were reading the scriptures or remembering, uh, the scriptures from when Daniel was there in Babylon and said, this is the time of Jesus' birth. Kind of weird, right? I mean, people coming from far away to discover this baby. Pretty cool, right? So anyway. Um, it, it's usually depicted. We just had our uh, our preschool celebration. Uh, we we always have three magi-looking children, ages two through five, uh, coming up and presenting gifts. Uh, I, I should show you the video. It's probably much cuter than the message. Um, and but but that that's kind of what we have in our mind when we think of these these uh, the three wise men. We don't know if there were three. There could have been. Many more. Uh, it doesn't really say that the reason that they're, they're depicted as three is because there were three gifts given, but there could have been more. Uh, in fact, I, I think it was a gang. It, it was a gang from Chaldea, and they wanted to see this baby. Now, uh, give a little bit. There's this kind of mysterious thing that goes on with, with the Magi because the, we... They're not introduced very well. It just says, and Magi. Well, let me read the story. How about I read the story, and then I'll tell you the rest. Okay, this is what it says. It says, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, very bad guy, uh, Magi from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, where is the one who's been born the king of the Jews? We saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. Uh, you you want to mark that. We saw his star. It was a very particular thing. When King Herod heard this, he was disturbed, and all Jerusalem with him. 
And when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them, where's the Messiah to be born? And they said, come on, man, read your Bible. In Bethlehem, in Judea, they replied, for this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from the exact time that the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, Go and search carefully for the child. As soon as you find him, report to me so that I may too go and worship him. Was he telling the truth? No, I don't, we, don't, we don't think so because we read a little further. He's like, I got to find that kid. I got I to kill this kid. Uh, that's the next story, but we're not going there. Okay. So, and Herod, uh, go and search for him so that we may worship him. And after they had heard the king, they went their way. And the star that they had seen when it rose went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. And then things got dicey. You'll have to read the rest of the story later. Okay. So these guys come from the East, and I had to ask myself, it's like, why did these guys come on the scene? Why did Matthew put this episode in? Because you know that a lot of stuff happened around the birth of Jesus, right? We got Luke, we got shepherds, we got, we got Anna, Simeon, we got all kinds of people. Where did these guys come from, and why did Matthew put them there? Now, Matthew, uh, his gospel was written to the Jews, the cultural Jews of that time. And so he was wanting to establish something very important. And they would have known that they, they were looking for the Messiah, and the Messiah was prophesied by Daniel. In the book of Daniel, chapter 2, Daniel tells uh, King Nebuchadnezzar, you're going to rule, and then some other guys are going to rule, another guy's going to rule, another guy's going to rule, and then there's coming a king whose kingdom will be established now and forever. So there's, I know, I, I got to kind of preach this because this is, this is preachable stuff, right? And then he goes on, but then in, in uh, Daniel chapter 9, he makes a specific prophecy of the exact time when Jesus would come. It's irrefutable. Look it up. Google it. Seriously. There was 490 years from the time that God told King Darius to send the people back to Jerusalem, from which that period of time, 490 years later, Jesus would be crucified. Exactly. The dates are still there. Go ahead, Google it. So anyway, these magi, being, being people that were part of Daniel's club, so Daniel was, when he was in, in uh, Babylon, he was called the chief of the Magi. And so these guys was a long line, 500 years of people studying scriptures and understanding that something else was happening. So anyway, all that to say that Matthew said, I got to make this connection for you because I want you to introduce the Savior. 
of the world to you. Got it? Got it. So these guys were studying their Bibles. Point one, study your Bible. You'll never know what kind of amazing things you'll find in there because you might get let in on a certain thing. But they weren't just left to the Bible. One day, they're, they're, you can imagine it, and we sang it on that first song. It says, you men of contemplation. They were contemplating. They're going, I don't know when God, you know, it should be around this time that something happened. But then God gave them a sign, a star. Now, these guys were astronomers. They were scientists. They were people of science. They really were. But they were also people of faith who knew that you can take both the rational mind and the spiritual mind and put them together to seek after God. And when your rational mind doesn't understand the things of faith, it's okay. Just switch your mind and trust God. (laughs) Because there's a lot of things that you will not know. You guys know that. Of all the things in the world that you can possibly know, you only know this much. (laughs) Right? (laughs) So anyway, they took this rational mind and they said, we believe that God will show us a sign. And they saw this star rise. It wasn't, even though they were astronomers, no, nobody has been able to say uh, there, there was a special star in the sky. But when they come to Herod, they say his star rose. And most theologians who go down this, this track, they believe that it was actually just a sign from God, the Shekinah glory, the glory of God that, that appeared to them to give them a sign. It's time to start your journey. Now think about that for just a minute. Think about your own life journey towards God. What were the signs of his appearing to you? What people did he put into place? You know, what, what hunger in your heart did you have to have to start the journey? And you start to walk forward. And then all of a sudden, the star disappears. How do we know? Because when it reappears, they're like, there's that star. (laughs) They looked at the star, they start, and they started, and and they said, okay, one thing we know is that Jesus is going to die in Jerusalem. So we're going to Jerusalem. And that's why they went, they didn't go straight to Bethlehem. They went to Jerusalem and then they said, where is this king going to be born? And they said, oh, you didn't get the rest of the scriptures? (laughs) He's like, no, we're missing the book of Micah. We only had Daniel. And so they found the book of Micah, and they said, right here, he's going to be born in Bethlehem. And when they started their second part of that journey, all of a sudden the star appeared, and they went, thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Do you know that without God's miraculous star, you can't find him? And yet he's revealed himself to each and every one of us in a special way of showing himself. Like, okay, go that, go that way. All right. Now, I, the, the, their purpose here was this. It says, um, when we saw his star, when it rose, we have came to worship him. We have come to worship him. And I was thinking that, that Christmas really gets lost in what it's really about. And I, you know, in, in, if I wasn't like doing church this morning, 
I would say we should all just go on an adventure of worship with God. Because when he reveals himself, all you can do is say, yes, I have found my life. Before that, you try to find your life in everything else. But when you find him, you say, ah, oh, that's right, my center. But then everything else in the world starts to crowd, crowd him out. It's to move him to the side. The clamor of this world. And then we take these small pauses. We come together as a community of faith and say, that's right. Remind me again. Why have I come? I've come to worship him. You'll never find greater fulfillment in your life than being in the presence of God. It doesn't have to be in a community, but I, I, I believe that the gathering enhances the worship. These guys didn't travel alone. Could have been one magi. <laughs> I'm the lone magi looking for Jesus. But he said, man, we got to do this thing together. Because there's something about when you see him and then you say, I would really like to share this experience with someone. And then there's someone with you. It's like, did we see that? Did we see that? Okay. So I want to encourage you. Sometime, maybe you have a week off. Take some time to do what these guys did. Close yourself off and say, I'm here to worship you. All right. So they came to worship, but they had a problem first. They had to find him. And so they, anyway, they're, they're, they're going off to, uh, to, to Jerusalem, and then they meet up with these guys, and they say, okay, we're going we're gonna to go to Bethlehem. And uh, I have to pause for just a minute because I was thinking about the strange traditions that happen during Christmas, uh, like the three, you know, like, like dressing children up and, and putting them on, on parade to be the three kings of Orientar. Um, but uh, we were having a discussion in, uh, in our office on Friday about the tradition of the little drummer boy. Where did the little drummer boy come from? You know, Mary, that's just what she needed when she's trying to get Jesus to sleep, is a drummer. Now, where did this, this, this myth come from that somewhere there was a, a drummer around? Come on, Gio. <laughs> Even the drummers want to come and worship, but Mary's like, no, why is he here? Anyway, um, I just had to pause for a minute because it keeps bouncing back in my mind how crazy traditions get and how they, they you know, everybody wants to just be part of this. All right, so let's go on. So it says that they went and to search carefully for the baby. And I was thinking that it's pretty rare for us um, to search carefully for God anymore. Because we want God to be fast. and we, we want him to be readily available. Now, he is. He never leaves or forsakes us. But there's something wonderful about the journey to meet with him. And you can just imagine these, these guys going together and saying, okay, we're, we're back on track. Here's the star. We're, we're you know, we're, we're going. And, and I love that it says, and the star led them 
and then it rested over the place where Jesus was. They came on this journey, and it's like God is going to lead us. And I want to encourage you today that you guys are all on a journey of faith. Do you know that? You will see God when you have eyes to see him. And you might be going through some stuff. How many are going through some stuff? Any stuff? Okay, everybody's got stuff, right? You always got stuff. And the, the cool thing about the Christmas story is that God will show you himself on the way. You know, a lot of times we're like, God, if you can just get rid of this, my, my, my problems, then I will be satisfied. But that's not really how life works. I wish it was. It'd be nice. Do you know if you had no problems, your life would still be the same? Because you'd be waiting for the next problem, Right? Because when we have no problems, if you're here today and you're like, I have no problems, don't worry. You're, you're on this earth where there's got to be some more malfunctions going on. And so it's not a, ma- a matter of getting rid of those because you've been through some and you'll be through some more. But it's a matter of finding God along the way. All right. Let's get to the... Let's come to him. So he comes... They, they come to, to Jesus here in this, in this last part here. I just like, it says, we're going to go and search carefully for this child. And as soon as you find him, I want you to come back and report so that I can worship him. But he never did come back. So it says, they saw the star. They were overjoyed. And on coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary. And they bowed down and worshiped him. So. This is an interesting, um, when it says they bow down and worship him, it doesn't say that, actually. It says that they cast themselves down before him. It wasn't just a passive like, oh, isn't that cute, little Jesus? When they saw him, they were thrust down by the incredible awesomeness of God. Have you ever been in a place like that where you've been worshiping and you just like, I just got to, I, I got to, you know, it was like they were almost knocked down. You, you ever see those good Pentecostal meetings where people are getting prayed for and they're falling down? I've been to a couple of those. I like that falling down. That's what happened to these guys. They showed up, they saw Jesus and they went down. That was one of the the first, like that. So they saw this baby Jesus, and then they said, wow. And you just wonder how long they were there. I don't think it took a minute. It just took them possibly up to two years to get here to this very moment. And they're like, oh, great, saw Jesus, we're out of here. I think they stayed there, bowed for a while. And Mary's like, mm, how long are these guys going to bow in front of my kid? i got to feed him in, a, in an hour. You know, it's probably like, i got to feed this kid. Okay, guys, get up. But they said, wait, wait, wait. I want to give, we want to give some gifts to him. And I, I, I love theologians because they, they always have, you know, some, some good ideas about the, these gifts. But I'm going to talk talk about them just a little bit to you. It says that they gave him gold, frankincense, and myrrh. 
All three of these were very valuable at the time. Uh, they probably, uh, they, they probably uh, were things that they, they ended up selling or bartering off on their trip to Egypt. Because right after this, remember Herod? He wants to kill all the kids. And, and God says, okay, it's time, Joseph, to go to Egypt. And it's like, God, we just traveled to Bethlehem to have the kid. And he's like, now you're sending me on a 100-mile journey to Egypt? But he's like, don't worry about it. I got you financed. Anybody have any problem with finances anytime? It's a, don't worry. God will provide for you. How do I know? I don't know. It's just been this miraculous thing, but it's also right here. They didn't have the money for the journey, but God was going to take care of it. So he gives them the, the, whoever these guys were, they gave, they gave them gold. And that, that's, that harkens back to, of course, his, 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 it was like a kingly tribute. He gave him, they, they came and said, okay, here, you are the king. And they're declaring to Jesus in their gifts who this person was. And it, it harkens back to uh, when the Queen of Sheba, when she saw Solomon, it says that she came with a boatload of gold because he was the king. So these guys said, you are the king. And of course, they were searching for the king. But then they, they had the frankincense. And it's like, okay, so Jesus is the king. But this frankincense, this was a, a, a uh, it was that basically they they would strip these trees and this and this uh, ointment would come out and and solidify, and they used it in worship uh, in the Old Testament. They used uh, the frankincense. They would burn this incense, and it was a sign of prayers. But it was also they used it in the anointing oil, and so these guys were coming and saying, "You're not just a king." You're also a priest, and you're also God, because our incense is going to rise to you. And it's just a beautiful picture that what these guys were doing was that they were just declaring over and over and over who Jesus was. And I want to encourage all of you, because I, I think that a lot of times we, we lose I won't say we lose faith, but our faith starts to wane when our prayers seem like they're not going anywhere. And this sign of the, the frankincense was, I, I, I want to give you the ability of my prayers to continue to rise ever before you, no matter what I'm seeing. And I, I just want to encourage you guys this morning um, Part of the Christmas story is about worshiping Him and coming to Him. But the other part of the Christmas story is for us. Is that God loves to answer our prayers. He loves to show Himself as the priest of our lives. And then this myrrh is, the, it's the, one, it's, it's also for anointing, but it's also was... Uh, a thing that was used for burial. Um, and this shows Jesus' humanity, that he was going to die for our sins. And uh, what's crazy here is here you're, you've got this baby before you, and you're saying you're the king, and you're saying you're my priest, you're the one that will, is going to connect me to God someday. But also, as, as Brooke was sharing with us in the songs, he was sharing hu humanity with us, 
that Jesus was going to come and this baby was going to grow up. And within this 33 years that these guys, they knew that he was going to be in Jerusalem and he was going to die for their sins. Somewhere along the line, these guys, they knew this. And it's amazing. And so I think that's why Matthew wrote it in the book, is because his readers also knew that the Messiah was going to come. So, all that to say one thing to you. Jesus is still available to everyone today, just like he was back to with, these, with these guys. These guys had a long journey. All you guys had to do is hop in the car, come to church, or turn on your computer, look online, and say, hey, I just got to, that's as far as I had to go today <laughs> to receive Jesus. But for all of us, whether you've received Jesus before in your life, or you want to receive him for the first time of your life, he's always available in the same way. And the story of Christmas is about God sending his only son to die on a cross, to set us free from our sins, and to connect us to God this day and every day going forward so that we can follow him. And uh, the Christmas, uh, we're going to have a lot of fun this Christmas. I know I'm going to have a lot of fun with grandkids and kids, and, and we're going to eat a lot. How many are going to eat a lot? Uh, are going to overeat? Okay, I'm planning on it. It's, it's, it's just part of the tradition. But I don't want us to forget that going forward from this day that we remember that Jesus is available for us to set us free from our sins and to teach us how to walk with him each and every day. So with that, that's my Christmas message to you all. And I want to pray for you and I want us to pray together because Christmas is about Jesus. Yes? All right. <laughs> and so with that, let us be like the Magi. Let us come and worship. Father in heaven, thank you for sending your son Jesus to us. Lord, thanks for putting obscure stories in the Bible that we get to search out and question why. And then have you reveal to us it's just another way for me to show you my son. He is the king. He is the priest. He is the prophet. He is the savior. He's the one that died for us. And I just pray, uh, we pray, first of all, Lord, that you did all this so that we could come to you, that we'd search you out, and that you would reveal yourself to us so that we could walk with you each and every day. And Lord, we thank you that you have set us free from our sins, that we don't have to labor in yesterday's stuff, but instead with each new day we wake up free and whole and pure and right before you. And Lord, we pray that this Christmas you would give us the gift of your Holy Spirit to fill us, Lord, to, to fill us to overflow so that when we see you in each day, we would be ready to fall before you and say, thank you, thank you, thank you for showing us yourself. 
And so I pray like now, Lord, in the name of Jesus, on this Christmas Eve, for each and every family, that you, you would bless them, keep them, make your face shine upon them, and give them peace, that they would know the Savior, Jesus. And I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, with that, may you have a blessed Christmas. Uh, To those joining us online, thank you so much for joining us. Have a Merry Christmas, and we will see you soon. The rest of us are going to share a little lunch and some sweets, unless you have to run off. God bless you. It's so good to see all of you this morning. Yay! I know some of us are uh, we're a little tired because we've already been been, been partying. We already started this party. <laughs> we're like, oh man! <laughs> All right, love you guys. So let's hang out. It's over. <laughs> we made it. Great. <laughs>